Oh, we are live. Northside Story, not a smooth transition there, but Northside Story podcast, audio, and visual today. It's a big day. I am Blake, the Cat Miller. As you can see, tiny ass apartment here in Mission Viejo. I am joined by always Jake, soft hands, Baki. Jake, can you hear me? Are you there? How you doing? Uh-oh. Not a great start. All right. While Jake gets his audio figured out, um, let me text him right now. Uh, check, check. Can you hear me? Oh, there he is. Yeah, you muted me. Thanks a lot. You forgot to I unmute told, me there, buddy. No. Remember we talked about you were supposed to unmute yourself because I can't. No, I thought you were going to do it. Anyway, I am here and we are live. Exciting. Excited. We don't have your picture up here, so everyone doesn't get to see your beautiful face. Yeah, what but happened to my Herbert, thick uh, Herbert picture? I, I couldn't put it up there. I couldn't oh, come do it. come on. It was Justin Herbert. Well, maybe when we do a wrap-up, um, maybe the next episode, if we we'll like how this goes. for this episode. There you go. We'll have that on the pod side. So we're here. Nothing changes. It's the same thing. We got our first little follow since we've been online. God, I love that. I'm so glad we were able to see that. Can't wait for you to see the uh, video after, Jake. But uh, nothing changed. Oh, I have it up. I have it up oh, on the side. It yeah, okay, yeah, cool. It's a little uh, delayed, but I have it up. I see that we have three people watching, myself included. So that's sweet. That's sweet. There that's more go. than we get listen to the podcast in general. So uh, I'm uh, like I said, nothing changes. But we had some losses this week, and we're on to the finals now. I I don't know. I, is it normal to do finals in the last week of the season or the, this portion of the season? I I, yeah. I, I mean, this isn't the last week of the season. There are two weeks left. Yeah, I was a bad commission in my other league where I ended it one week early. Like it ended it ended this week, not next week. Is that a bad move on my part? No, I mean ours is ending this week. No, mine already ended. Oh, I gotcha. So your league ended last week. Last week, yeah. Okay, so your league ended. Two weeks. weeks prior to the season ending. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, I mean, we'll, we'll jump into this later. There are a couple of players that are going to be out for, um, it looks like both of these teams due to rest or, you know, some other reason. Um, and it's, that's going to have huge fantasy um, implications. So I don't know. I, I find it okay. Maybe perhaps um, I was thinking at least in our league too, maybe we do a two week championship thing um, in the future. You know, if everyone likes one week, we'll keep it one week. But um, yeah, uh, I wouldn't say you're necessarily a bad commish. Definitely. That's a weird ending, though. I haven't, I've never, never heard that. I always I'm just like in our when we play our fun fantasy hockey ones, whenever I'm commish, I always screw up. I always screw up the rules. I always do like ESPN. I never follow exactly what it is, but appreciate the people that I played with. But we're not here to talk about that. I hate when when Phil comes on, we talk about his stupid league. We're here to talk about this league, this podcast. And before we even get into the championship matchup, we got to do what we, we got to do. What we got to do. We got to say goodbye to the teams that lost this, uh, this week. And unfortunately I'm going to, well, let's get into it. Um, can I start? Can I, can I go with, uh, with, you uh, machine? You all right, play. let's get, let's yep. get the music going here. A Shane. Oh, a Shane. I touted you. I touted you all year, pretty much. There were some down weeks, there were some great weeks, and 
It came down to you running up against the hottest team in the league. Well, one of them. The other one I got smoked by. But your league was plagued by DJ Moore. It was plagued by Cordell Patterson. And no matter how many times I tried trading you for George Kittle and Debo Samuel, nothing. Now, to be honest, didn't really pay attention to your team all year. Was never scared of them. And I'm a fraud first place team, if you ask by my calculations. But you made it. You made it, and you're here. And I think we went in the back of the, uh, we went back in the archives, uh, one of the lowest ranked, one of the lowest ranked managers in terms of like per season, but. Correct. Yes. So fitting in a disappointment, an RIP to, I just, I, I have to say this, Derek Carr, Latavius Murray, James Connor, EJ Moore, and Travis Homer. RIP QB sneaks. RIP. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy wasn't there. Should have been. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. RIP to the cat hashtag claws up. You had some stars this year. You were carried by Nick Chubb and Devontae Adams throughout the entire season. But the thing that hurt you the most, besides the Sean Watson, which we'll get into later, was your draft picks. Basically every single one besides them two. You know what? I'll give you Pat, Pat Fryermuth. He finished top seven. But Najee Harris as your first overall. You had Michael Pittman. You had some others that just did not do anything for your team. But in the last week of the season, you decided that you wanted to put your team's life on the line with the Indianapolis Colts. Why the hell would anyone do that? (laughs) Zach Moss? Who? Who? I don't even know who the third person that was the Colts. Who was it? Oh, Chase McLaughlin. That's right. Nick Foles couldn't even throw the ball longer than 10 yards. You had one of the best pickups, I will say, this season with Gardner Minshew in your final matchup. But that that mustache just couldn't do enough. You just spoke about how a Shane's team was number one and a fraud. Oh, boy, oh, boy, do I have a fraud for you. (laughs) The two top teams this year that finished first and second both lost so the cat hashtag claws up rest in peace we knew that you had two good players on your team and everybody else kind of stunk join my team as one of the frauds in the playoffs you'll be back next year you might you might be inebriated for the draft you might pick some random player and think that they're gonna go off You'll send 15 to 20 trades to people that never reply. Nope. 
But we know one thing, the cat, hashtag claws up. You'll make the playoffs and then lose in the first round. Okay, time to defend myself. Um, Every year. It seems like every year this happens to me, though. Like, uh, I crawl my way into the I crawl my way into the finals, or I crawl my way into the playoffs. I think last year, obviously finals. I don't even remember my team last year, but uh, I think what did me this year was every year I draft so terribly. Like you mentioned, some of the draft picks, Michael Pittman, horrible pick. Um, I'm not, I'm not, still not. This is like the stupidest thing ever because if you look at statistics um Devonte adams was like a great pick for my second pick but i'm still not happy about that pick um especially with the performance the last three weeks but normally every year i save myself via trades and mm-hmm. it was quiet this year i think uh the jury's out i think people know um i'm a swindler i get kind of lucky take advantage of good trades and you didn't mention it i lost Brees hall like and it, it's not like i drafted yeah. him to be a focal point of my team but yeah. like there was a point like this week, if I had Brees Hall over Zach Moss, like that's a still a re- respectable lineup. Um, you okay. also traded Najee for two bums. Yeah, I did. To me. So Najee yep, was so, a bum to begin with. So what, uh, what do you expect out of he me? finished top 15 when you traded him. I don't remember when you traded him. Maybe after his buy, but I definitely mean, picked it up after I traded him. I'll he had one touchdown when you had traded him, and then he ended up with three, four. He had five touchdowns after that, so he definitely hundred percent picked it up. I think he would have been a good number two for you. Yeah. Um, any comments on uh, QB sneaks and his his season? He, um, he's been like middle of the road all season, and then he just he caught he on just, fire for two or three weeks i always thought his team and i would always push back on you when you were like oh i think he's got the best team and it was it was very much kind of i was kind of in limbo with that i do think he kind of he got he got screwed with jalen hurts getting hurt yeah that's, that's, that's huge what are you gonna do um and of course justin jefferson is the best receiver in the league i would not be shocked if he is the number one pick next year um i think that he really in oh, our, yeah. our league setup, half point PPR, you're still going yeah. to be the I number still one think, pick. Wow. I still think he will be the number one pick. Um, if you look at his stats this year, it, they are incredible. Um, and I, now that we're live, I'm not going to just go into and make everybody wait while I go look at the stats. Yeah, you got to go quick. Um, yeah, but Justin Jefferson, by far the number one wide receiver, and they just throw the ball so much in that offense. And I think there's no one really behind him. Adam Thielen is there, but he didn't really do he's much this old. year. Yeah, and they don't have a second wide receiver. KJ Osborne's good, yeah, he but he's came nothing on crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think Justin Jefferson. I don't think there's a running back that you can you can rely on as a number one. Maybe C Mac, um, but he's mm-hmm. always he could be hurt. Justin Jefferson has a chance to break the wide receiver record for yards in a season this year, and I think he will. So in a dome at home, like half of those games are going to be in the dome. You don't have to worry about weather. So yeah, I think he will be the number one. But besides that. We were both kind of down on George Kittle throughout the year. He took off in the second half of the season, especially when Brock Purdy came in. He's like established a really good chemistry with him. It's the deep ball. It's the deep ball. There's been a couple of times where like, obviously he's a focal point, but there was that one, man, I'm blanking on the game. There was one game was first touchdown of the game. He just hit George Kittle up the middle. And it was just like, and you also got to think like, it's been there probably all season. There's like, there's probably plays that obviously uh, that, 
yeah, the, the, the offense was there. The offense was there for George Kittle. It's just they weren't giving him the ball. Jimmy G just, I don't know if he's just looking off. He's had that safety bow. Mm-hmm. And George Kittle, George Kittle, I feel like before Purdy, and like there's still, I mean, there's still jury still out on Brock Purdy and what he's, if he's going to be the quarterback next year, which he probably won't. Um, will he be a quarterback somewhere else? Maybe. But it feels like Jimmy G used George Kittle in which he was really effective um, prior to this year as more of like a, a lot of receptions, uh, maybe your touchdowns, but like they Brock Purdy has shown with him coming in, you can even stretch George Kittle out even more. And it's like, no, duh, we've seen the athleticism for him, but yeah, really opened up once Brock Purdy got in there. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much it on his team. He had, he had solid. I just felt like, yes, I think he did have a top four team. I just couldn't really buy into him winning it all with some of his players. Yeah. And I think it starts at the draft too. Cause I'm pulling up his draft right now. Debo at number two, Debo has been off and on all year. He's been hurt. He's right now sitting at 35 ranked uh, James Connor. James Connor is that classic guy come draft season. You draft him. You're like, dude, James Connor's my number one running back. Like you're like mm-hmm. rattled about it, but uh, he's been off and on hurt all year. He's picked it up as of late. I mean, he's at six weeks, his last six weeks, he's got over 15 points. Like, yeah, take that all day. And, uh, and then DJ Moore, that's a big one. Uh, he, I feel like, uh, if we look at his schedule and see what he did, he lost a couple of weeks because he just, he, he played his, he played at the guys he drafted. He played DJ Moore. He rolled him out there a couple of weeks. He thought that offense was going to be better. Pick Deontay it up. Johnson, another one. Deontay Johnson, Cordell Patterson. He was, came out of the gate, super hot, got yeah. hurt kind of in limbo. Um, kind of just a, a random team. And I think the way that our league went this year there everyone is so tight and it really came down to okay last three weeks who's gonna win who who wins who wins out and he caught hot got hot the perfect time and for the people the four people now jake the four people that are on i bet dana's on right now cheering me on i love (laughs) you dana but uh for the four people he had the buy last week and he put up or the week prior and he put up 172 points which is probably which is probably either the, which is crazy to say in most leagues and most scorings, you're going to be like, dude, that's got to be the number one scoring in the way that our league and some of the heavy hitters. And we'll go over with Trey's team. We go over the finals, probably like a, maybe the second, second highest output this year. If I'm yeah, just I feel like if we were to look it up, I have a feeling it might've been number one, to be honest. I, th- I think as, as far as I can remember, 160 something was, was one that I remember by someone. It probably was Trey, or maybe even Phillips. Um, but yeah, I mean that 171 and I said that I said this last week. I think I said that Shane wouldn't score more than 110 points, maybe 100 points and he got yeah. 110. Yeah. Um thanks thanks to I will say thanks to like a huge performance by George Kittle and Justin Jefferson. They basically pushed him over, but there were some duds um on Shane's team last week as well. But I feel like um it's hard to just score like a chain never didn't have like a consistent besides, I will say the, like you said, the key caught fire had a consistent last couple of weeks prior to last week. And it's just hard to consistently keep that up when you have guys that I feel like they weren't consistent throughout the year. Like it, besides Justin Jefferson, yeah. um, you know, Phillips last week had guys that were consistent throughout the year, like Derek Henry, mm-hmm. even ETN had consistent 10 to 15 points a season a game. AJ Brown, CD lamb, like Kenneth Walker, even like those guys consistently got 10 to 15, which when I look at a Shane's team, it's like, 
Latavius Murray, Garrett Wilson, and David Montgomery, like those three guys weren't consistently good throughout the season. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's a tough, tough break for Shane because that he, I think if you have Jalen Hurts and maybe you add 20 points to what Derek Carr gave you and which basically Jalen Hurts can get you 25 to 30 yeah. right there, he's like right on, on pace with, with Phillips and you know, it, that's a, that's a tough loss. That's but that's the beauty of fantasy football. It's it's week in week out. You put out your best roster. Uh, you roll with the punches, and like you mentioned, it the little jab. Brock Purdy would have made a, a little bit of a difference. Uh, um, I don't know if it would have made. Should have listened. Absolute, should have listened. To listened. The pod. I mean, well, we don't just we don't we don't record super late at night until like eleven o'clock at night just to flap our guns for no one to listen. Uh, yeah, and only one of us takes edibles every once in a while while we're recording. So. Uh, yeah, well, but still, foolproof. I mean, have you seen my <laughs> underdog picks of the week? It still well, that's work out. That's true. So, that's true. Yeah, that is well, true. not this past week, but okay. So we're done. It's from this point on. Let's talk about what matters, and let's talk about the finals. Yes, the and consolation before, ladder. Me against Steph. Let's get into it. No, not that one. That oh, okay. we'll save that for another. I don't, I don't even want to put that on this feed. But um, <laughs> I before we go over the matchup, I want to go over the teams because. Okay. there's each team had a kind of unique story to get here. I want to go over their schedules. I want to go over their, uh, their draft and kind of just touch on their opinion. So I want to introduce the first team. And if he's on here, he's going to love it, but let's play his intro here. That is the notorious. That is Trey. Trey is our current champion. Uh, well, not current because we're currently in the year, but he's our former champion. He is back again. And uh, Jake, do you have the roster? What do you got popped up on your screen? You got the I schedule. Have, right now I have the schedule. And okay. we'll, we'll start out with Trey's schedule because um, Trey had a very interesting season as someone who has a very good team. Trey started out the season two and six. Um, and I don't think a lot, or sorry, three and six. And I don't think a yeah. lot of people realize that he was three and six to start the year. He started zero and two with a loss to myself and Steph. And a lot of this was because of injuries and he lost Keenan Allen very early, uh, Chris Godwin, uh, very early. And he was starting for instance, week two, he was starting Devonta Smith, Jarvis Landry. Mm-hmm. So he those- struggled. he was struggling with his lineup and we were, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to say we, but we all know it was me. I was very critical with the Jarvis Landry. I was begging him to take him out of his lineup, but it was out of necessity. And you could see by these schedules, not, um, he's still, I mean, n- no absolute duds that first week, week six, and I guess week nine, you're, you're floating under a hundred, but you can just tell that team wise, injury wise, he struggled in this early part of the season. Well, he struggled mostly in the first couple of weeks because the players that are now top at their positions didn't show up so if we go back all the way we rewind all the way back to week one and week two Austin Eckler was terrible Austin Eckler did not have a touchdown I think he got like less than 50 yards rushing each game um I'm going to week two right now week two Austin Eckler had 13 points Josh Jacobs had eight week one Austin Eckler had uh, this is live nine and Josh Jacobs had seven. So those guys, the first couple of weeks, and I remember texting Trey, like, Hey, if you're looking to, you know, deal Austin Eckler, let me know. Uh, because, you know, I'll try to buy low. 
Trey, as usual, doesn't Never. respond. But no. he did respond, I think, after Austin Eckler had a three-touchdown game against the Houston Texans and was just like, oh, no, I'm good. Thanks, though. Yeah, what and a I was piece like, well, of shit. Of course, now you are. Of course. Um, but if we look at week, was this week five, that's when Trey's team really took off. 156 points. Josh Allen, who is a just an absolute beast, but just a fantasy beast, 42 points. Austin Eckler, 33 points. Josh Jacobs, 28 points. So those three players combined for close to over a hundred points, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really, I feel like when his team at least started to incline, it's funny that I say that then he lost three straight, He was, (laughs) but he was putting up like decent, but the potential, but the potential is here. And I think at this point, I, I don't remember what point of the season, but there was a point in the season where the Josh Jacobs, like, dude, it's Josh Jacobs. I'm not Mm -hmm. like, this is just a fluke. But Mm -hmm. It was at some point in the season where you and I realized was, oh no, he's got he's a, got he's a, a big he's three. Got a, well, yeah, a big three, but like literally the top two running backs. Like yeah. there was, I think is is he are they still one and two right now? I think they might be, but um, yeah, he is he yeah, top two. Yeah, like so he has top two running backs, which is just and it wasn't like Josh Jacobs was picked. I don't believe Josh Jacobs was picked in the second round. I believe he got him in the fourth or the fifth. Yeah, we talked um, about the value at that. He drafted him mm-hmm. in the sixth round, ten team league, uh, sixth round, fifty eighth overall. So and that wasn't even the best pickup. Like having Josh Jacobs sixth round, number two overall, amazing pickup. But drafting Tony Pollard, I believe it was in the tenth round, and you get a uh, seventh best running back in the league. That's where the value really took off for Trey because those three players started to really take off and his whole team um, just consistently scored over a hundred points, which is what mm-hmm. you want week in and week out. Cause when you have bye weeks um, you're going to get some low scoring weeks and you're going to hope that the team that you're playing gets 80, 90 points, but yeah. his team consistently got a hundred and he would have to go up against some teams that, you know, would drop, a good amount of points on him as well. I'm looking at his losses, 116, 116, 147, 157. So those are his losses. And those are hard like games to actually win. So I think I realized when he was losing those games, like that's bad luck, but he has so many good players that like it's the season's going to turn around. Yeah. And you mentioned it in episodes past where uh, the year that you won you you just knew you're like hey i'm putting out the best roster my team's good i'm winning i may be losing this matchup but if i look around the league i'm outscoring everyone i just got to ride the storm and i feel like that's just his motto like he like he gets the guys that he wants and he trusts them and as much as it kills me every single draft season that he picks up three kickers and three defense and he just still on the bench for no reason yeah and, and for no reason hasn't played him once um but it works and I, this is the year where this is, this is the year where I just, I just shut up and just let him let the guy work. or let the, let the guy cook um, <laughs> because it's, I mean, we look at this last one right here, 116, 116 to 86 in our matchup. And it's just, it's just consistency and it's consistency. And even coming, even coming from a bad week, um, looking at my matchup last week with him um, with Josh Jacobs, 5.5 was a tough game, bad weather. There's no offense total in that game but keenan allen that's another one like when the lows were keenan allen he was hurt and couldn't get him on the field um tony pollard was there that great pickup in the 10th round mm-hmm. josh jacobs was helping him out now he's got a very like well-balanced team in terms of 
where like he has his big three. I still think it's the big three. Josh Allen, Austin Eckler, uh, and Josh Jacobs plug him in no matter what. And he was just very smart all year, not to give up on the guys that he trusts and not, uh, jump and ship. Chris Godwin's a perfect example. Offense there in, in Tampa is sparse. Touchdowns are hard to come by, but Godwin, uh, not, I don't, I haven't looked at the, the touch, the target and catch target, uh, this past week, uh, against Arizona, but last week got every single target. He was like 10 for 10, like, yeah, Absolutely. I'm looking at it right now. He's he was eight for eight against Cincinnati with a touchdown and last yeah. week. He had ten targets and had six catches. Yeah. What do you? I mean, it's his team is just so so layered. Um, he, the only he, the only thing is that he's been trying to find a tight end for the entire season. Uh, had Zach Ertz. Remember when he had Kyle Pitts? Uh, yeah, and that was a you know a major flop. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, I I want to go touch on Keenan though, Keenan. And this is what I talk about consistency. It's crazy looking at his stat line every week. Now he has kind of struggled to find the end zone, but the last three weeks he's gotten 12 catches for 92, eight for 86 and 11 for 104. And all three of those for basically since he's returned healthy, he has averaged over 10 points in around 13 to 14. So that is what yeah. you want consistently. Like you're not going to have to, you know, you, you don't need to hope for 20 points and you're not going to have to like sit there and stress out that he's only get you going to get you five. Keenan is going to consistently get you 15 points a week. He's kind of like what I just talked about. Uh, it's kind of like what I've been talking about with, uh, with George Kittle. Like Keenan has always been that guy. Like he, he's guaranteed, guaranteed he's getting the targets. He's getting really for him. It's just health, getting him healthy, getting him like as many rests as possible with one of the most like, exciting offenses that we've like, uh, obviously you being a Chargers fan, you've been cl- clamoring to get, Mike Williams on the field, Austin Eckler mm-hmm. on the field, Keenan on the field. I mean, I don't know offensive line play, but it seems like when they're all on the field, they're clicking in. And there are sometimes you worry about players, though, that are kind of bunched up on a good offense. Um, there's not that many weapons there. But my example that I go to that I think of is like Gabe Davis. Where like Gabe Davis is on this prolific offense where you got Josh Allen, you got Stefan Diggs. And it's like, it seems like the kettle's going to burn like, or like the kettle's going to burn and he's going to get his opportunity. He's going to get his touchdowns. He's just going to be a benefactory. Sometimes when you have such big of an offense, like guys like that, that are obviously talented and they were probably number one options on another team. They'd be good. But like Keenan has just solidified that like his presence in this high power offense. It's like, it's, it's almost guaranteed. It's just health. Yeah. And, and he's, and he stuck it out this year. I mean, look at you drafted him and he was out what five weeks and then you got him back he was out one week. Than that. Yeah. Uh, after week one, he was out until week seven, hit the bye, had two weeks after that. And then he had this stretch that's going right now, this healthy stretch and going into the playoffs against the Rams. He's just, I guess you dodge Jalen, but like who's scared of the Rams unless I guess Baker Baker's back. So there's always <laughs> uh, that. Uh, look at that. We have a comment in the chat by Phillips. Wow. Uh, we've been all we've been we've all been trying to find a tight end all season. That is actually facts. It is um, true. But you know what, Phillips? I don't even know who do you ha- who do you have as a tight end right now. I well, did no, offer you this. Cole yeah. Komet a, a month ago, and you decided not to. But and now you picked up Darren Waller. So I guess I don't I guess have you're fine. I don't have a theme song for Phillips. Um, I don't know. Oh, bad what, producing by you. Well, I should have reached out to him and said like, what does he want to listen to? But let's just dive right into let's go right into Phillips' team. Let's let's go over that. Uh, that owner now Phillips history in our league. You know what is kind of a mysterious mystery. Has he won in our division in our league? Phillips, comment in the chat. I'm pretty sure you won one season. I feel like he did. 
I feel like he did win one I, season. Um, you know what? I think I'm look, I'm going to look at it right now cuz Nick won in 2020. Okay. I won in 2019. I want to say Philip did Phillips win in 2018? Oh. Mm, I, I can't okay. I can't tell. Well, uh, Phillips- 20 yeah, he did because he named his team. Okay. Imagine Blake winning. Um, oh. So there you I go. Uh, he won in 2018. Uh, I'm looking at oh, what a team. Here, I'm going to go through this team. This team really quick. We got Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback. Oh, we have yuck. Damian Williams as running back. Elijah McGuire uh, second. Adam Thielen, T.Y. Hilton, C.J. Uzama, Jamal Williams. How the hell did this team win? Um, but yeah, Phillips, and he th- put up 171 points in the final. That's what you want in the uh, championship game. Yeah. I'm so we are, right we, this is going to be a two time, two time champion. Wow. I think this is the first, first since I've been around, right? Since I've been around, I don't think we've, I've ever seen a two time champ. Oh, so that's the shot at Nick. Oh, uh, pff, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, Guys, just draft Cowboy or Packer players all year. I don't. I'm not worried about that guy. I'm not going to see him anytime soon. Um, all right, we got Phillips team. We got a big matchup here. Uh, another one of these teams that I've just been saying all year that the, he's the greatest team ever. And uh, for those those joining us and looking at this roster, just I'm uh, just let me just say it for you: Justin Fields, ETN, Kenneth Walker, AJ Brown, CD Lamb. Now. Spooky came out, I believe, today or was it yesterday. Derrick Henry's doubtful for this week, but he's not playing. Uh, he's not playing. He he's not, not playing. playing. But still, he's got options. He's he picked up James Cook. He's got Deontay Foreman. But let's uh before we really dive in his team to go over the matchups, go over the individual matchups <laughs> for week 17. Go ahead. Well, no, we're before we gotta touch on his schedule, his his yeah, whole year as well. Yep. Um, but let me actually go before that is his draft. And if everybody remembers, um Phillips had the honor to start Russell Wilson for the first, I believe five or six weeks of the season. Now ultimate survivor. That was something else. I remember um, we, we would talk about it every week and uh, Phillips on Instagram would throw up some sort of not the opposite of an inspirational message on Instagram (laughs) um, about Russell Wilson. Um, and it was basically about how bad he was and how cooked Russell Wilson was, which he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but even going through Phillips's draft, uh, Derek Henry, great pick round two, uh, Deandre Swift and basically swindling me for CD lamb. Throughout the year. Um, I did shoot. I, I shot Phillips attacks after that trade and I, and I congratulated on him, which yeah, obviously is well, set up the you moment. Know, that he's you, right for, now. you got Cortland Sutton. Congrats. Um, Travis Etienne, round four, which at first I remember we were all like, ooh, I don't know about that. And then he kind of took off and he's been a very good player. We have Zeke, uh, who, you know what? I will say I won that trade. Uh, Zeke was has been really good. Yeah. He's Brown. And so we're talking about these players, and there are a couple on his team right now that definitely um, are impacts. But I will say there's none better or none bigger than two players that he has picked up on waivers uh one being justin fields like we talked about and the second one his team name uh ken kenneth walker ken white walker so kenneth walker um was to be had and blake doesn't like to bring this up or talk about this um because phillips went all in on him back in october paid 56 dollars for kenneth walker and it and it 
just paid off right from the get-go. Kenneth Walker had a stretch where he had 17 points, 18 points, 30 points, 11 points, and 26 points. And he has been kind of inconsistent the rest of the way, but that stretch is where Phillips' team really kind of took off because it solidified a second RB next to Derrick Henry, and that gave him that flex option to put an ETN, to put in Zeke at that time that he had him, um, and he could roll out A.J. Brown and C.D. Lamb. Now, it took him a while to kind of find a quarterback, and when he picked up Justin Fields for free, I believe, let me double-check that, yep, for free, picked him up at the beginning of November, and I remember when he picked him up that next week, um, I think he, he didn't start him, and I remember on the pod I said, watch out for Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. This guy is a fantasy beast. Right after that, and like back-to-back 40-point weeks where Justin Fields just took off and has solidified him as a top five fantasy quarterback. So big ups to Phillips because not only did he draft well, but he also worked the waiver wire, which a lot of the teams in this league don't necessarily do. And he hit two home runs to where placed him right now into the finals. It's... I've uh, there's so many different philosophies and how you attack a fantasy football season. Some people believe it's all the draft, uh, which if you hit, if you hit a good draft, you hit a good draft. I mean, obviously that's going to set you up. Um, It could be big trades. You could be like you, Jake, I mean, you're, you're fishing around. You're in everyone's, you're sliding in everyone's DMS looking to upgrade your team. And um, if you, if you hit a big trade and you hit value at uh, the right time, then that's going to propel you. We play in a fab league, obviously, and I know I'm only talking to seven people. It's probably all the seven people in the league, so I don't need to explain it that much. But the psychology with the fab and making sure you're allocating the right resources to like those players that will set you up, not only for like obviously we're at the end of the season. Most most of these teams don't have any money. I bet Trey has all his money because he still has two bench spots, which is wild. <laughs> but uh but it it takes a, a level of savviness to maneuver the fab system and making sure that you're allocating the right money and you're you're waiting for that diamond in the rough. You got to hit that home run, and Kenneth Walker was that home run. And he was I will say really quick, I feel like Kenneth Walker was the only player this year that even sniffed around what he was worth when it came to fab money. Um, I'm kind of looking through on. Right now, of teams that don't like say Deshaun Watson, please blew, just blew their money. Well, yours, yeah, that was a weird one. But shout out Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, I think I spent like $45 for you. Um, yes. shout out to Shane for spending 50, what is this, $54 on Khalil Herbert? Uh, $53 oh, on Khalil Herbert. Um, to be so, fair, that was a that was a handcuff for him. He had David Montgomery. It was smart for him to lock up his well, backfield. Where's my to be fair? I had Elijah Mitchell go down for Jeff Wilson. You can't give me a wolf and then not a Shana wolf. Nah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, so yeah, so there. So in this league too, which is the most frustrating thing, I don't think either Jeff Wilson or Khalil Herbert had any other players or people tried to get those two. So you talk about savviness. Uh, Kenneth Walker was by far the only one that really had a lot of players uh, you specifically go after him or have multiple teams go after him. And in this league, I feel like a lot of people just either don't care or they just, they kind of like forget that, you know, the waivers are happening and to spend a lot of money. So um, definitely, like you said, kind of mind games when it comes to all that. 
Yeah, and he 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 maneuvered it perfect all year, and it's setting him up for this spot. I mean, it just went over the whole roster. And uh, schedule wise, I just I just minimize his schedule as I wanted to bring it up. Schedule wise, I feel like he's been pretty consistent. Um, uh, very like two wins here, two two losses there. Uh, I don't know where he placed it, but he's just where his team is just so efficient. Is uh, a lot of the weeks where we just talked about just I mean just the running just those running backs, just Kenneth Walker. Uh, Derek Henry, Travis Etienne. We got weeks where he put up his biggest week against you. He put up 163, followed that up with a 157, which is the 157, which when we go over the matchup, that was the last matchup between Trey and him, just an absolute blowout of 60-something points. So always fine, always fun to like have that in the back. But um, just another one of those teams. Now, I mean, quickly brazing through the stats, he, I would probably guess... And as we, um, if I had a pick in this match, I'm not going to do it here. I'm going to save it. But Phillips' team probably has the biggest boom potential, as you can see in some of these scores. We have 80s, we have 90s, 80s, 95. But then his wins: 123, 124, 163, 157. He got a squeaker at 106. Um, it barely beat Steph, uh, 108, 103, but 135. Just high points, and it's just, and it's just a testament to the roster I just went over. He's, he's got guys. He, he acquired them in all ways imaginable by drafting them, uh, by picking up, by picking up Kenneth Walker. I believe, uh, Kenneth Walker was drafted in our league. Correct. He was uh shout out to the official boys. He was drafted in the 14th round. And I believe Brian dropped him like two weeks before, um, yeah. I'm forgetting the the uh, oh my boy, please remember his name. Rashad Penny, it's my guy, Rashad yeah. Penny. Before Rashad Penny animal. went down, yep. that guy was. But uh, yeah, if Cannon Brock, if you hear that, your, your dad drops uh, probably a league winner. Just I'm sorry, just cover your ears. It happens. You'll get him <laughs> next year. Hopefully, you step up in the draft next year and make sure that you dodge Miles Sanders. But uh, it is what it is. <laughs> All right, are we? Um, are we ready to go over the matchups here, Jake? Sure. Let's dive Let's in. Let's do it. Let's pop in. Let me get, let me pull it up here for us. Oh, you know what? Let's, let's do something different. Up. Let's do uh let's go over position by position. Yeah. Um, I like that. And do you have anything to write down with? We we are coming with up with this on the fly. Um, yeah. Yeah. You filibuster for a little bit. I'll grab some. Okay. So I think what we should do is that we should go in position by position and you give your pick on who you think will have more points. Um, and I will have my pick and who will have more points regarding just based off of who uh, each team has and the positions. Now, if we look at the uh, rosters for both teams that Blake has up, we have, and this kind of sucks because I, I would love to see both these teams fully healthy and kind of going at it. Um, but we kind of talked about a little bit with Derek Henry being out um, and uh, Phillips having to find a flex spot um, to try to plug someone in there. I'm not sure if he's 100% going to stick stick with Zonovan Knight, and we'll go over that. But um, and on the flip side with Trey, I know Tony Pollard has been questionable this entire week and very, very limited practice. Um, so that's going to be interesting if Trey does not get Tony P. I feel like it would only be fair to have one running back down for each, but uh, we shall see. Okay, I have a notepad here so on right. the computer, so we'll just go on the fly with this. All right, so let's start with quarterbacks. So this is a this is a great fantasy quarterback. <laughs> oh my god, this it's is so literally cool. 
probably unless it's Mahomes in there, like this is what I would want to see a Josh Allen versus Justin Fields. Now both of them are on the road and Trey will be getting Josh Allen on Monday night game. So he's uh, to me, I always like to kind of have one player left to see what I need. Um, and I hate when my opponents has one because I always, as a pessimist, I always feel like they're going to pass me up, mm-hmm. but Josh Allen at Cincinnati. Now, Josh Allen has had some weeks where you're kind of just like, wait, like, am I going to get lucky with Josh Allen? And he's going to have like 15 points. And I know that's what Blake was thinking last week um, until that final basically drive or last uh, quarter, that fourth quarter, mm-hmm. Josh Allen had, I believe it was between 10 to 15 points. And then he just put it on. I think he had a rushing touchdown. Um, I think for some reason they threw inside of two minutes and they scored a touchdown as well. So I think it was a pick. There was a touchdown drove. It was a pick short field. And then they scored again. Yeah. But there was no reason for them to even go for it. It was like, I remember it was like third and two with like a minute 40 left and they could have just ran the ball and they were up by 14 points. Uh, But instead they threw it and they scored a touchdown. Yeah. Josh Allen is going up against the number seventh ranked defense and the Cincinnati Bengals have been playing much much better this is gonna be a great game I cannot wait to watch this game but the last now I will say the last quarterbacks aren't necessarily Josh Allen but I will say Mahomes is in this stat so the last one two three four five six seven quarterbacks that the Bengals have played for fantasy purposes have had less than 20 points wow so Mahomes got 19.8 so he's right around that 20 but that's not Josh Allen. Josh Allen gets you 25, 30, 35 points. So this is going to be really interesting for Trey because I do feel like if there's any weak spot, if Josh Allen does not have a good game, which like I said, doesn't happen very often. I feel like it's going to be tough for Trey to win this matchup. Okay. And I just think Justin Fields in this matchup against Detroit that um, this Detroit team's playing good. And they're even though I believe they lost last week, my, Am I correct on that? You got to help me out there. Detroit? Yes, Detroit lost. Yeah, they, they they lost last week. So, like, all the steam that they had going in um, with this defense picking up, uh, the offense is still kind of cooking. This is still – I'm still taking it as the same team that we saw at the beginning of the season, the team that was just getting run on um, consistently. I think at this point of the season, both teams are kind of mailing it in. Chicago's still playing like me- – I would imagine they're still playing meaningful football, even though they're obviously out of the playoffs. Um, but this is kind of Justin Fields – turn uh time to really just go out there show out it's an easy matchup it's in a dome you're not worried about weather mm-hmm. and you're you're just running all you're running all over to detroit uh, i would love to see if you had some fancy stats but obviously last week uh, against Bu- yeah against buffalo what, what are you gonna do at home against buffalo it's tough weather there's just you're running on like mud when you play is it still called soldier field or do they take over the naming rights of that field uh no it's, it's called something entirely different i hate that i hate these teams i like like heinz heinz field like accusure that's so stupid give me the old names anyways but against buffalo which going into that matchup i um uh, I, I thought buffalo's defense has been kind of suspect uh they've been falling out as late that's why i was a little excited about uh going up against the notorious and him having the bills defense, but they kind of, they limited them. Not a lot of rushing seven yards, uh, seven attempts, 11 yards. Um, obviously they were playing some sort of spy and uh, Buffalo. That, that game also was like uh, all the games last week seemed to be like close to freezing temperatures. 
Yeah. And so I don't think that, you know, a lot of those guys were comfortable in where, where they were. It'd be interesting to check out, I guess, Cincinnati's weather in that game, uh, because obviously if you're aware of everything that's going on in the world right now, just anything, anything east of like Salt Lake City is just like absolutely frozen, miserable, don't want to play in it. So playing in a dome, not playing at home in this situation is going to be beneficial to Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, I, I, you, we talked about obviously Mahomes and uh, like, and maybe not Justin Herbert, but uh, maybe just Jalen Hurts. I think for me, these are like two of the most automatic projection hitting quarterbacks that you can get because mm-hmm. both get it done in both ways. Now, Josh, Josh Allen's offense and the weapons we have, I mean, Stefan Diggs, obviously, but as you mentioned, tough matchup going against Cincinnati where they limited the quarterback position, but Justin Fields as a whole, they can kind of get back the running game. They can get a lead. There's one of the rare things with, with Justin Fields is that he's probably more effective as a fantasy quarterback when they're in the lead because he's an extension of the running game. Um, now, if they're getting blown out, obviously they're not going to be able to run and put them in positions to get hurt. But they're, and this isn't the part of the season where they're just going to be mailing it in. Um, Chicago is going to be a team that uh, they're acquiring assets. assets. They're going to be a team that's going to probably make noise next year. So this is the perfect time for them to go out. The last couple of games of the season really show out. And I, and I see Justin Fields. I see Justin Fields really taking advantage of this matchup. I want you to guess how many points Justin Fields had in this first matchup. Wait, what week? Can I ask that? Uh, week oh, 10. Week 10. I'm going to say my heart is telling me to go low here because you're setting me up, but I'm going to say I'm going to say 28 points. I would never set you up. Uh, this was one of the weeks that he had dropped a 40 burger. He had yep. 43 <laughs> points in this matchup against the Lions in week 10. So and at home in Chicago, correct? at home. And he only had 167 passing yards in that game. So majority of that was all on the ground. Um, and the Detroit Lions are 32nd ranked in um, for fantasy quarterbacks. And that I mean, that is a large part because of that 40 burger in Chicago. So, yeah, I mean, if you look at some other quarterbacks that are on here, um, the last few 22 points, 20 points, 28 had a mm-hmm. one game with 16 and then 30, 25, 43, 30. So this defense who, which like Blake said, hasn't playing better. I think there's a very good chance that Justin Fields can get between uh 25 and 30 points, um, which will be a huge boost to Phillips's team. And I think Justin Fields, like you said, they, they are, they are, I, I don't agree with the whole, like, they're going to, if they're down, they're going to like save them kind of thing. I no, haven't seen I'm them like crazy. I'm saying like crazy score. Like yeah. there's, there's some quarterbacks and there's some teams where, man, if they're up, like maybe a score and a field goal or 14, it's kind of getting late. Like obviously they're not taking their foot off the pedal, but maybe they're running the ball more and they're like trying to slow down the clock, control the tempo. They got the lead and stuff like that. And Chicago's a good enough team with David Montgomery. They'll do that. But Justin Fields rare enough where it's like he is an extension of the running game. Like they will sure. go option with him. So it's like even if they are ahead and normal teams will kind of slow it down and maybe not go through the air, Justin Fields will pick up still rushing yards in a game where it's in that scenario. Yeah. Um, okay. So are we both going to take Fields against Allen in this matchup? I yeah, I am taking fields in this matchup. I will also take fields. So put us down two for fields. Okay. Let's head to we're gonna bunch up running backs yeah, and wide we'll receivers. Okay. We'll be so, here all night. Yeah, exactly. Um we have the top two in football 
with Trey's team with Josh Jacobs Disgusting. at number one and Austin Eckler at number two. And then we have Travis Etienne and Kenneth Walker. Um, Kenneth Walker, number 17, and Travis Etienne, number 20, in their respective positions. Where do you Disgusting. want to start? I want to start with just – I was just looking at the averages for Eckler and Josh Jacobs, both averaging close to 19 points mm-hmm. per week. And mm-hmm. you've talked about it too with Austin Eckler. And I know as a Charger fan, obviously going now they've locked up a playoff spot, like that style of offense – uh, can be a little bit of uh, tough when you're an Austin Eckler owner because it's just dump off. It's working, but in fantasy, that that's killer. It, having that like steady ro- steady roll of like nine to ten targets every single week and uh, frustrations, like you mentioned at the beginning of the year, it wasn't really working on the ground. They couldn't really get into uh, get them in positions to score. Um, banged up every now and then, but I think in terms of a fantasy output, he's at his best when he is just that target hog that he was i believe it was last year um where he was a little bit more of a steal i I don't even remember where he was drafted last year but towards the end of the year where he was showing to be like this target monster and just collecting everything you're seeing that at like the peak of its peak right now uh going up against the rams where no aaron donald he hasn't been playing the last couple weeks um you're going up against jalen ramsey which austin Eckler should be fine of um should be able to go uh dodge that matchup the safeties uh you're looking at what I can't even, I don't even remember his name. I hate him, but I guess you got Bobby Wagner kind of as your run stuffer up the middle. And uh, it's a good matchup. It's a good matchup against the Rams. Rams have been a little bit more stingier on defense in their last game. Uh, in the last couple of games, they've been a little bit stingier, but this, this chargers offense, this is, well, this would have been such a cool game. Uh, if the Rams had their host of weapons, they didn't have broken Matthew Stafford or broken Cooper cup. <laughs> Or if they had a running back that wasn't Cam Akers, this would have been such an exciting game and like one of those like marquee games that we can like pin not only the fantasy schedule on, but the NFL schedule. But right now it's Chargers kind of in the driver's seat in the playoffs. Rams kind of looking ahead to next year. This is the perfect opportunity where uh, some would say that Austin Eckler has probably struggled more on the grounds. I think this is a game where you can probably feed him a lot more and on the ground and he can make some damage. Rams have never been the greatest team about stopping the rush. And then there's not much to really say about Josh Jacobs. It's number one, uh, number one running back for a reason, but we have a quarterback change. We have Stidham in there, uh, New England Patriot. Great going against, against San Francisco, who is probably, I, I hate to say it because I made my pick on, uh, made my pick on the Vikings being the, the best team. Solid. Out in, Shout out Kirk I know. Cousins. Shout out Kirk Cousins. But like this Kirko. is San Francisco. Yeah. Kirko. Okay. Uh, San Francisco is probably the hottest team right now. Like they're probably the scariest team. They seem like the most complete team, even with the situation that's happening at quarterback. I know Debo's banged up, but still the addition of Christian McCaffrey, that's an offense that will cook. That will offense that will put pressure on Vegas. And with a new quarterback, I'm a little bit worried about uh, production as a whole, but Josh Jacobs has, uh, he is, he is kind of, he is this year made me comfortable him being a like top, top 12 running back weekend, week out. Like, I, he's going to be a guy that I am going to see on the draft board wherever he is. Cause I know, I believe he's a contract situation this year. He may mm-hmm. not even be on Vegas uh, rolling into next year. It'll be interesting where he sets, where, what kind of role he is on a, I honestly see Josh Jacobs being a, a really good second piece to like a really, really good team. That's looking to like really like hammer down, like maybe like the bills or something. Um, but like for this year, him being the number one back um, very solid, tough matchup this week, but 
I mean, he's the number one. He's the number one running back. You got to roll with him. Yeah, I let's touch on Eckler really quick. I I think he will have a good game. And you keep on saying the Chargers have this like great offense. Their offense has been terrible as of late. Um, if you look at Justin Herbert's stats, they're nothing great. Their defense has been incredible. Um, but their offense, they can't score in the red zone. Um, and the only guy that can score is Austin Eckler. So mm-hmm. if you are going to have one guy, it's definitely Austin Eckler. Uh, both Keenan, Mike Williams, Gerald Everett, Josh Palmer, like have gotten little to no red zone targets, red zone touchdowns. But the one guy that's been consistent by far is Austin Eckler. And even mm-hmm. I think Josh Kelly had a touchdown a couple of weeks ago against the Titans in the red zone as well. They seem to get to the five yard line or inside mm-hmm. and then yeah. they hand it off. Um but their offense has been very stagnant. And then every once in a while, they'll kind of open it up, which I know a lot of Charger fans and I'm sure Shane in the, uh, Shane in the chat can attest to as he is a Charger fan as well, are frustrated with how that offense is. Because last year, they're a top five. They flowed throughout the entire season. This, this year, it's been weird um, and just very inconsistent. But Josh Jacobs, I am extremely nervous about this matchup if I'm Trey. Um I don't think Jared Stidham will move the ball very much and no. which I think it's going to be extremely tough for Josh Jacobs to run the ball. Um, San Francisco's defense is just so good. The Raiders yeah. offensive line, that whole Raiders team with them benching Derek Carr, I feel it's like, it's hard for me to think that they're going to want to get up and play this game. Um, and Josh Jacobs comments after last week's game with like, I'm tired of this shit. I'm really like just tired of losing the same exact way, which is true because they have lost the same exact way multiple times this year. Um, And that's just to me, that's someone that already is checked out. It's Mm -hmm. like, we're not making the playoffs. What's there to play for? Why would I like injure myself to like, you know, he's going to get a good, a very good contract next year. Yeah. Why would I, like further try to damage myself if there's nothing really to play for. I think the Raiders can still make the playoffs if they win out and like two teams completely lose out, but that's like an extreme long shot. And they just benched their all uh, their pro pro bowl uh, quarterback and Derek Carr. Even if, if people don't think that he's that good, I think he's okay, but like, it's just a weird move for them to bench yeah. him. So yeah. I'm extremely, extremely nervous for Trey in this matchup, because if you even look at the projections, 12.8, that is less than Travis Etienne, and that's right around what Kenneth Walker is getting. So yeah. it's a little strange to me that they projected him that, and I think there's a chance that he gets less. Yeah, I mean, you look at, and for like dud weeks for Josh Jacobs this year, we look at the first two weeks, probably when we were clowning on him the most. Um, ten, like we got week, uh, week one against the Chargers, 10 carries, 57 yards. Uh, against Arizona, 20 carries, 69 yards. Nice. Uh, 10 carries, 43. Kind of just mill the road. You're looking at... Uh, I, I can take see out that New Orleans, game. Jacksonville kind of thing. If you look at weeks 8 and 9, 6.4 and 10.2, I can see that kind of production. So you see this like week. scratching right above 3 yards, 3 yeah. yards and per I carry. Always, there's, nah. always, there's always that potential. He is going to be the in, like red zone guy, I feel like, or inside the 5 guy because Jared Stidham, uh, I would be shocked, honestly shocked, if he can, if they can put up more than 10 points in this game. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for him to kind of bang one out. Even uh, maybe not goal line, maybe not a couple yards, but even like 13, 15 yards out, mm-hmm. where he can just break one and kind of just rush to the pylon. I don't think there's going to be a lot of those opportunities. So, no. all right, let's um, head over to yeah, let's do it. Ken White Walker, and on the flip side, once again, 
we have Travis Etienne against the worst rush defense in football, yes. the Houston Texans. Um, Travis Etienne has had an up and down season. Um, he kind of started off the year behind James Robinson. Shout out J Rob uh, for those first four weeks. Then James Robinson. Actually, I think he played a little bit when James he Robinson play. was then. Yeah. And then James Robinson was traded once they kind of realized what they had with Travis. And he kind of took off. He had 13 points, 12 points, 18, 23, and then 25 in that five game stretch. Um, and ever since then, it's been kind of murky. Um, after that, he had four weeks where he had less than 10 points. And then the last two um, kind of back to what he was doing with 11 points and 12 points. Now he hasn't hit the end zone, but it's hard for me to think that they are that, that Travis Etienne is not going to score a touchdown this week. Yeah. I, the potential's there. I will say the only thing that I can say is there's always something weird and Houston's like playing at like this, crazy pace right now like they're they're like one of those teams that are like they're so far out of it that they have like the coach they have the players in there that are all fighting for contracts like they're gonna give it a hard game and sure. they've been stepping up these last couple of weeks and it's in division uh last match of week five 10 carries 71 you're on 7.1 now j-rob was there so it's, you're having a little bit of a split backfield but last two weeks uh etn has been somewhat productive kind of in that middle ground from kind of the disappointing like six seven eights points that he had uh mm-hmm. almost more consistently than those big uh jump off weeks that he had in week eight week nine uh, i see kind of in the middle i see kind of i guess i kind of see i see projections maybe a little bit less i just don't know what to expect it's one of those it's one of those on paper matchups where you're super excited for but then um come come the game and you see his stat line and i, I can just see a world where it's in division they're on the road seems like a walkover game mm-hmm. and they, they kind of struggle and that team's hot right now. And ETN is obviously a big focal point. He's not that big involved in the passing game, but Trevor Lawrence is absolutely cooking right now. So he's, he's throwing the ball. He's getting touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence is always a threat to roll into the end zone himself, big bodied quarterback. True. He's pretty mm-hmm. mobile. He's always going to take that away too. So that's always a risk with him. Um, I think I'd be more confident if they, if, maybe Jacksonville showed a little bit more emphasis on including him in the pass game, especially right now that how that pass game is working. Um, I'm kind of looking back to old Eagles teams with uh, whatever that coach's name, the coaches that they have there. Yeah. I don't, um, not a lot of running backs. I, I guess not a lot of running backs come to mind that were very active in the past game uh, during his tenure there with like Foles and Wentz and stuff like that. They had a big host of, God, was Darren Sproles still on that team? He probably yeah, was. Yeah, I think he was. He's probably rolling around there. I mean, he was still active. He's kind of like the the perfect, like Danny Woodhead role there, but still not like big. They don't, not a big offense in terms of, of getting the running backs involved in the past game. So I don't see anything crazy like that. And I just think it'll be a tough game. Uh, Houston's, as you said, one of the worst ranked rushing teams in the league but it's in division they've been playing good um i still expect maybe in that yeah 11 10 uh 10 11 like early teens scores that he can get which i think in this matchup i really really you mentioned with the josh jacobs matchup i think it's etn and white and uh and walker they're gonna need to put up just projections just to maybe compete with austin eckler in this one um yeah because, you know. i i personally think etn's gonna get over 15 points in this matchup yeah. i'm looking at the houston texans uh uh stats over the course of the season they have given up and i will say this is like quarterbacks this is 
other RBs in their system or in other teams, but they've given up 18 rushing touchdowns this year um, in 16 games. So that that's averaging you know, like it's it's averaging a, just a little bit more than one per game. I think there's a very good chance, like I said, for ETN to get into the end zone. Um, yeah. And they have given up uh, four touchdowns the last three weeks. Um, they gave up uh, close to 100 rushing yards and two touchdowns to the Dallas running backs. They've given up to the Kansas City running backs. They gave up 144 rushing yards and a touchdown. And then, of course, Derrick Henry last week was a beast in himself. I'm not going to try to tr- compare Travis Etienne to Derrick Henry, but uh, had 126 rushing yards and a touchdown too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think there's a very good possibility for ETN. Um, and, and with him, I thought you were going to take it more of the injury way with him because there have been some games this year where he like starts off really well. And then it's a foot injury and then he's out for like a quarter or a half or maybe even the rest of the game. I feel like mm-hmm. that's happened multiple times to yeah. where that's like very frustrating as a fantasy owner. Cause you know, the potential and the, and the, um, and his talent is there, but it just seems to, to, you know, hamper him when it comes to it seems like it seems like a situation i know it's do or die right now but like they're very quick to like pull him out if there's an injury like it seems i mean last year he missed the entire season with an injury so yeah they just pulled him out and i I mean obviously that last year team was an absolute joke with urban meyer so there's no need to bring him back in but like even this year um we've seen in 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 some weeks where uh minor injury where they just pulled him out and then he was ready to go next week so uh very seldom trying to protect him kenneth uh kenneth walker yep yes what do you like well i it has a q next to his name and i'm wondering why i have not looked up uh held out for an ankle injury so once again this is i'm hoping that phillips doesn't get screwed here with multiple injuries on the last week of the season uh because his team has been healthy for the most part but kenneth walker um has been just kind of the roller coaster ride over the last few weeks and had a good week last week just couldn't find the end zone and this week, this is a tough matchup, in my opinion. I will say the only good thing is that it's at home. Um, mm-hmm. But the Jets have been a very good defense, and um, they have a lot of big boys up front to where they'll be able to stop the run. And um, I'm looking right now, uh, Jacksonville was under 100 yards total as a team against the Jets. Uh, Detroit was only one yard over. Buffalo only had 48 rushing yards. I know that game was very much like in, in a like a, a storm or a very cold game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I'm looking at them right now. They started off the season not great. Uh, Cleveland had three touchdowns in week two against them and had 40 points. But besides that, they don't give up that many no. um, rushing yards to teams. Um, I'm looking. They have not given up more than 115 rushing yards to a team since week five so if i'm phillips he, phillips has no nothing no other play really like it with with derrick henry being out and i can't stress how huge that is um for a fantasy football pl- uh, championship but with kenneth walker um and i think kenneth would have been the flex play anyway but yeah 100 um kenneth walker hitting 12 i think him and josh jacobs are gonna have very similar weeks can't interest you in deontay foreman we can talk about that with the flex play. Okay. Um, so what do we like running backs? I'm I'm taking notorious here in this running back matchup. Yeah, I this is tough because I think Austin Eckler um definitely is going to have a good game, but I'm really, really low on Josh Jacobs. And I think Travis Etienne's gonna have a, a pretty good game. 
and I'm kind of yeah. eh on Kenneth Walker. I'm gonna go. I'll I'll go with you on Notorious. Um, I think we're gonna be pretty much even here across the board, but I don't think it's gonna be that much of a difference. But I'll go with Trey on the. Mm, I may backs. surprise. I may surprise you on wideouts, but I'm interested to see where you're leaning there. Um, let's talk wideouts here. AJ Brown, CD Lamb. We got AJ Brown. Uh, at home against New Orleans, they kind of they have already locked that up. But they got uh, my boy Gardner Minshew. I believe he's still gonna be rolling out there. There's no mm-hmm. reason to start Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Shane, uh, about last week, but it is what it is. CD La, CD La, geez, CD La, CD Lamb against the uh, Tennessee Titans. Oh, how they have fallen. We've tried. We've tried back to. Well, I think no, not we. You. You tried back to back weeks trying to take them. Uh, in in covering these past two weeks and that team was just falling apart and it makes sense obviously uh we have Tannehill hurt derrick henry's banked up he's going to be out this game mm-hmm. i see this is gonna be a game that dallas dallas cruise but yeah. who knows i mean i i liked eagles last week and the offense was there the defense obviously wasn't there there was a chance for the eagles to come back and win that game but um it's just that's what happens when you don't have your number one quarterback and you got a guy rusty coming in there but I think uh, wide receivers. There's a reason why they're player ranked five and six because two of the top, two of the number one options for two of the probably better offenses in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I would say, for me, me speaking, because I don't watch a lot of Dallas Cowboy games, and I know there's a lot of Cowboy nerds out there that can be like, "You're not watching them; they're the best team." But like, I would say probably like Dallas is probably like more the, one of the more sneakier offensive teams and i know and i think the only reason why i say that is because usually with these dallas teams is that it's almost by like committee it's not really like one guy that stands out i even look at like amari cooper when he was on the team i know amari cooper was like full-fledged number one wide receiver but like cd lamb coming up they kind of split it always felt like it was tough with the wide receivers because you had like cedric wilson uh catching a bomb here and there or you had when CD Lamb was coming up, everyone was super excited about CD Lamb. Uh, and Amari Cooper was taking over. And then Amari Cooper would be here and there. And then it's like, oh crap, here comes uh all the tight ends, the seven tight ends that the that the Cowboys have. And then you, you don't even talk about Zeke yet. Like Zeke is when he's when he's cooking, he's probably one of the like most surefire like goal line running backs. And now you have Tony Pollard. So I in terms of fantasy aspect, um it's pretty, it's pretty crazy and it's pretty crazy that we're at cd lamb at six six overall ranks in terms of wide receivers um because for me i don't know kind of came out of nowhere but having him against tennessee i think we talked about it in some matchups with the cowboys where you you don't want to boat race too quick because uh you have two really good running backs that can probably control the game and i think that's a kind of a situation i fear here with cd um there's a lot of options there's a lot of touchdowns that can go um there's always the fear of like Dak, I feel like Dak loves tight ends. There's there's always a tight end game. Someone one tight end always hits the end zone. Um, but CD has been consistent. He's been very active. Uh, the probably in and out nature of Michael Gallup has probably helped him. Obviously, shipping out uh, Mark Cooper has helped him to really just be the de facto number one guy. And he's living up to the bill. AJ Brown, we just talked about it too. The Saints are Saints are a weird team. Some some weeks, uh, I feel like some weeks they are like the saints team of old of old with like Cameron Jordan, just wrecking it up the middle. They have the defense, Marshall, Marshawn Lattimore shutting down your number one guy. But I, 
I was very down on AJ Brown throughout the whole year. I was 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 not high on him. I didn't believe in Jalen Hurts. What a like an egg on my face now as we as we see AJ Brown is on a uh, number one number one team in this league in the champ in the championship. He's number five overall. What a super take that was. And a shame was probably a Jalen Hurts potential away from making to this championship round as well. And AJ Brown is just he's just so good. He is so good. And I mm-hmm. and um having that number two like he's he devon uh devonta smith is probably that nu- the best number one two for aj brown because aj brown is a possession guy and um i feel like i feel like devonta smith just doesn't take that much away from him um his game and like that safety valve of having aj brown he, he is he's probably a good the the one of the better wide receivers that you could probably throw with any quarterback and separation wise hands wise like one-on-one cover like he could probably beat anything and he he's, he's just so good. And it's just an automatic start. Um, especially at home, especially with a backup quarterback in there. I, um, there's nothing much I can really say. I think these are good matchups and even greater, like really great wide receivers. Yeah. I agree with you on, um, both of those points. I am a little bit, I'm not worried about AJ Brown. I'm looking at what the saints have done with wide receivers and they've held wide receivers total under a hundred yards last two weeks, but those are two bad offenses. And one of them was literally in like negative 15 degree wind chill, uh, in the Cleveland saints game last week. And then Atlanta, like I'm not taking nobody on Atlanta is worth even talking about when it comes to wide receivers. Drake London. No, um, Tampa Bay had, uh, 170 yards san francisco had 170 yards the rams had 170 yards so i think they'll be able to throw on the saints marshall Lattimore has been out since october yeah. so he is not he's not going to be a factor at all as a corner and landing up with aj brown so i do think aj brown um can get between 15 and 20 points as a wide receiver i do think he'll score a touchdown as well now yeah. cd best matchup possible um 32nd ranked again. So so Phillips has five, and we'll touch on them a little bit, um, players that have either 30, 31, or 32 ranked opposing defenses. And that's really big when it comes to matchups, especially on like really good players. So the one thing that I am worried about CD now, the Titans have given up so many touchdowns recently to wide receivers. Um, if it, I'm looking at wide receivers the last eight weeks against the Titans, uh, 40 points, 32 points, Mm -hmm. 40 points, 26, 55 points, 33, crazy 30 and 25. And that's combined, right? So it's not just like number one. It's like still combined, which is a lot. Um, especially that 55. That's, that was the AJ Brown Devonta Smith game against the the Mm -hmm. Eagles, but they score a lot of touchdowns in the air. Kind of like what you talked about. The one thing I'm concerned in this matchup is that CD has to score early. Um, because if I I can't see the Titans again, scoring more than 10 to 14 points on the Cowboys, they do not have any offensive weapons. They are extremely injured. Um, and Micah Parsons might have four sacks himself. This game, Malik Willis is not anything special, at least at this moment, I'm not going to give up on him on his rookie year, but at this moment he can barely move the ball down the field. Um, so I think Dallas is going to score up and down on this Titans defense as well. Um, The Titans, and if people don't know, the Titans and the Jags, doesn't matter what happens this week. 
Um, that's why Derrick Henry is also sitting is because it doesn't matter what happens this week. They play each other next week and whoever wins that game next week goes to the playoffs. Um, so cool. So it does not matter. Even if, even if uh, the Titans lose, I believe that's what I read. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's why Derrick Henry is sitting and kind of taking a week off so that he can rest up for next week. Yeah. Um, but I am worried about CD only in that sense of, like you said, there's, there's so many people on that team that can score. And he is one that the reason why he went off last week is because the Eagles scored a lot of points. And it was that back and forth kind of, that's what is a fantasy football owner's dream is a high scoring back and forth matchup. I could see this being like a like 31 to 10, 35 to 10 kind of matchup. And you better hope CD scores one of those touchdowns. And that definitely benefits a a certain uh, flex option that Trey has. And we'll, we'll touch on that too. Mm -hmm. Um, Godwin and Allen for Trey kind of steady rocks. They almost, I pretty much, I think almost like the same wide receiver uh, just caught in two different situations. Uh, Godwin with with Brady there the targets are there he's catching them just pushing it downfield and like putting him in in like high leverage situations where come down with a touchdown or break something out it's Godwin has just been an absolute necessity for that offense uh it's the only way they they can pick up more than eight yards it's either him or that Cade Olsen loser tight end that I probably started one week this year then I lost that guy screw him Matt Um, Mike White I know I I said that in the chat too. And then uh, Shane said, you're right, Jake. So confirm your, your Jags. Um, Yeah. I Godwin, Godwin against Carolina. It's not a team I'm scared of at home there. As much as how bad Tampa is and how horrible their situation is, they're still uh, leading their division. They're still fighting for uh, uh, their division. This is a big game for both of these teams. It's, it's it's huge. Like this is like, and these are the games where, these are the games where I, when I took uh, Tampa a couple weeks ago in my underdog pick of the week, and I took Tampa over the Niners, <laughs> woof, absolute woof. But I would still say the same analogy is there. These are the big games that that you can you can say he's washed. You can say he's no, over. This he's team too stinks. Old. This team is they're so still, bad. Yeah, but I I don't care. I I still think that they're gonna they're gonna pull through with this game, and I think. Um, the running game, the running game with Rashad White and stinks. Fournette stinks. stinks, stinks, Someone has to move the ball. Someone has to be the beneficiary. Yeah, and it's Tom There's Brady Godwin. throwing down checkdowns to Leonard Fournette, and he can run for eight yards each time. And Rashad no, White, but it's too. Godwin. It's Godwin as well. He's still he. There's got to be a beneficiary in the wideout and the wideouts. And Godwin last last week he had like you said eight catches. 63 yards. That was a game where that was a disgusting game. And they honestly didn't even need the offense in that game with Trace McSorley. And well, they did. They were down by 10 points in the fourth quarter. So they did need the offense. And I think that's where a lot of these points came from. And then we had last week against Cincinnati. He had, he finally cracked that touchdown, but still eight catches, eight, eight targets, eight catches and a touchdown, 18 points. Look at the six week sample as a whole. He's probably, he's averaging, 14 points 15 points that's no, look i i'm not trying to to talk trash on chris godwin i think he is yeah i think out of any player on that offense i think he definitely is that someone but he is one he's just something it's hard to trust anyone in that offense right now yeah no i agree but one guy you can't trust in any offense is keenan allen and we've already talked about his role and the mm-hmm. and how efficient he's been and him being healthy him having mike williams out there as as just taking eyes off Keenan and having him just run around the run around the middle of the field and just 
get these uh it's sometimes the easiest catch where it's like why is he all alone or is any backfield or uh back of the end zone catches that he makes like he's just he's so consistent he's so good and this is such a this is a even if even if they locked up they locked up the playoffs and another every every game still counts and no, still, so, so if you want to talk like i know each team is different right each team different in their own kind of what they need to do these last two games the chargers are going to be playing their starters because their goal is to get that fifth seed um they okay. are currently in the sixth seed one game behind baltimore and they won they would probably rather play jacksonville than the Bengals. so no nope, um, i wouldn't want that yeah right um, <laughs> so they're going to be playing their starters and they're going to be trying to to win games and of course stay healthy but um keenan allen like you talked about um regarding when we kind of talked about each team keenan allen is the cog that makes that machine work and he is someone that they go to it it's literally every third and three third and four Justin Herbert just locks onto him and it seems like he just he's Mr. Reliable when it comes to that. Yep. So Keenan Allen is going to be that possession guy and we do only play a half point PPR, but that's at least four to five points. Easy, um, easy points every week. It's almost and he's going to get you 50 to 60 yards at least every single week. So you're getting yeah. at least 10 points from that. Um, it would yeah. be nice for Keenan to find the end zone a little bit more, especially especially in this week. Um, but the Rams have not really let any wide receivers um, score in the end zone. Uh, Cause they, the running backs are probably running all over them. Yeah, possibly. And, and Trey has that running back. So yeah. uh, Seattle was the last team in week 13 to score and it's DK and Tyler Lockett, which I believe they always score against the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, just, I mean a lot during the beginning part of the season, but lately they've been, they've done a really good job. I will say one of those offenses is the Denver Broncos who are trash, uh, the green Bay Packers who haven't been great when it comes to throwing the ball and the Raiders. Um, but they did really good against Kansas city in Kansas city and didn't allow a scoring touchdown uh, through the air there. So this is an interesting one um, because I think when it comes to both of these wide receivers um, and it's man, this is tough. I feel like both of these games for both the Chargers and the Bucks, and Keenan Allen and Chris Godwin on Trey's team, they are going to need to win. And I think these games are going to be a little closer. Um, yeah. So they're going to relying on these wide receivers more, but I like the, boom play more on phillips's team and i think aj brown gets over 15 and i do think cd because he's been so consistent and so good lately is going to score a touchdown so give me the two guys that are going to score touchdowns and i will take kenneth white walker with the wide receivers yeah i told you i'd surprise you on this one i'm going to take notorious and his white outs here i i we just mentioned with the amount of targets that both these guys gets there are some weeks where cd's probably not this like crazy target like crazy target hog catch hog but like i honestly feel like i'm getting almost a guaranteed touchdown from keenan and godwin in terms of just catches and um i don't know i don't know this is more gut i, I we're looking at i the much uh, as much as i talked about aj brown cd lamb and like their role and how 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 they're on such a high-powered offense i i'm going with my gut here it's probably wrong but i'm taking a keenan and godwin all right. Um, let's touch on this matchup. This is a matchup. Woof. Um, hey, let's go quick ends. on this. Let's I don't even want to talk one. about this. Gerald Everett. I mean, I feel like both of these uh, owners should look for other tight ends this week. 
Um, we got Gerald Effort against the Rams. Gerald Effort didn't even get a target last week. Um, and it's funny that uh, Trey, what did he beat you by like 25, 30 points? And yeah. Gerald Everett didn't even touch the ball once. Um, yeah, I mean, Gerald Everett, when everyone's healthy, he's not going to get a lot of looks his way. Um, and the Rams, I will say the Rams do give up some touchdowns to tight ends. I'm looking at it right now. One, two, three, four. In the last six weeks, they've given up four touchdowns um, against teams that have, you know, decent tight ends. Denver, I don't even know who scored a touchdown for Denver tight end last week. Uh, Seattle, I think Noah Fant scored a touchdown. Um, and then, of course, Travis Kelsey, who's a monster. But mm-hmm. um, Gerald Everett, I would, I mean, there's no one really on the market, on the free agent um, roster. And then you have anything to touch on Gerald Everett? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> can't say that with a smart face. Uh, Darren Waller, uh, Phillips picked up Darren Waller. I would look for somebody else because I don't know what I'm getting out of Jared Stidham. And the Niners defense is so good against tight ends. They allowed a touchdown to Seattle. But besides that, they haven't allowed a touchdown besides that week till week six and less than 10 points a game, essentially, since uh, week seven. Um, so the Niners have always been strong up the middle. They, their pass rush is like filthy. Yeah, they have and great like interior linemen, and Fred Warner is an absolute stud. He's the best yeah. middle linebacker in, in football. So I don't know. I, I wanna... mean, there is there is a guy on the free agent uh, wire that you love. Uh, Juwan? No, even better. Um, David better. Njoku is out there. <laughs> Would you, throw, I dropped him. <laughs> would you throw David and Joku in there? Jawan Johnson is, I thought he was on here. Yes, he is on the waiver wire as well. Mm, I, um, against Philly, there's, there may be points to come by in that Saints game and they throw the ball. Like I know that offense stinks and that team stinks, but it's, they still throw the ball. Like Andy Dalton still has games where he can put up a couple touchdowns and mm-hmm. you're not scared of Alvin Kamara and his running prowess, even though he's he's picked up picked it up these past like three weeks, he's been a little bit more of like Alvin Kamara of late. But it, it's tight ends. Like I can see in a world where Joe Everett gets zero again. So it's like all you need is a touchdown. Give me the guy that's that's had multiple touchdown games this yeah. year with Juwan Johnson. Like throw it out there. 100%. You know who I would start, and with this guy coming back, uh, Mike White is starting for the Jets. I think I would go with one of the Jets tight ends. Now it's kind of hard because they play two tight ends, both CJ Uzama yeah. and Tyler Conklin, but they throw the ball so much and Seattle has the worst tight end defense. Um, and they allow touchdowns to tight ends. So I don't know. I feel like perhaps I would throw um, one of those tight ends in there and just hope that something happens. I, I don't even want to pick on this one because I think they both stink. I guess if I had to throw a dart out there, um if we're only going off what they have here in terms of uh, in terms of who they're playing um i guess in a world i see gerald everett hitting pay dirt more than darren wall still very slim yeah um so i mean i I guess i'll take it i think those projections for both are crazy 7.7 and 6.2 um my um prediction is that they will tie with uh less than four points all right tight ends Hi. Um, I'll, I mean, I guess I'll take Darren Waller, whatever. You're right. It doesn't really matter. Um, no. Flex play. Um, we'll talk a little bit about this. Uh, we'll start with Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard has been just 
I feel like it, it's kind of uh, Mr. Reliable for Trey. I know we can say that about a lot of his players, but I do feel like Tony P is someone you always look in a flex spot. You're hoping for someone to get 10 to 15 points in a flex spot. Um, and that's mm-hmm. what you get out of Tony Pollard every single week. And even more than that, the last uh, three, six, nine, um, those last nine weeks, besides one week, he has gotten 11 points or more, which is exactly what you need. Um, and he's playing Tennessee. He is questionable, though. And I do think this one is a little bit because they play tomorrow. This is actually the game tomorrow night. And yep. um, I think it, that might be a quick turnaround. So I, I think this is going to be a very interesting kind of game time decision for Trey. Yeah, I um, I think, I mean, just looking at his bench, talk about Drake London, Devontae Smith. Oh, there goes Jawan Johnson. Look at Trey listening to us, picking up, up Jawan Johnson, and he's Uh-oh. now on Trey's team. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, with the flex spot, I mean, look at <laughs> – Shit. I mean, look at Devontae Smith last yeah, week. No, I think I think Devontae, <laughs> I think with, with Trey having that text saying, like, oh, I should have started Devontae Smith, that's a giveaway that he's going to Devontae no matter what if Tony P goes down. There's nobody else on Trey's team that he would um, go now, for. And actually, I just th- want to say really quick before we jump into this, I love that Trey finally used one of his last bench spots because mm-hmm. he was listening to the pod. He was saving it just for this week. Um, yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's one of those situations where I don't know what brought him here. Was it Tony P? The 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 addition of Tony P and just his big weeks. I I feel like that's a tough decision. That's such a tough decision. I'm very down on Devontae Smith, but you just saw last week with the new quarterback change that he was a focal point in the offense. He's always a focal point. Uh, as much as I've been down on him with uh, earlier in the year and him starting him, uh, that offense has always been has been good all year, but he wasn't really getting targeted that much. He was hitting there, but this, uh, it's a two prong attack right now. I don't know. Is Dallas Goddard. Did he come back last week? Yes, he was back last week. He, he was back last week. So, um, wait, are you, are you right debating now? whether or not you play Tony P or Devonta? Smith? I think so. Uh, yeah, yeah, I am I debating that. I don't, I don't agree with that. I, um, I think it's a question that you ask. And I think, as you mentioned, uh, questionable, uh, rolling into Thursday night, uh, me as a scared, uneducated owner, I am petrified of a Thursday night dud. And I look at that heading into the weekend mm-hmm. and I look at the points of Devontae Smith and he's been cooking the last four, four weeks. And it's a good matchup uh, against New Orleans. Now, obviously Tony Pollard against Tennessee, we just talked about that matchup. It's a great matchup too, but they have two running backs there. Like they have two running backs there that can Z can easily take the load of 20 carries and Pollard could, could, take a regression, sit him a week, have him eight carries. But I guess Tony Pollard is Tony Pollard can hit predictions predictions on uh, eight carries. So yeah, he, he gets used like at mm-hmm. least he gets at least 15 to 20 touches a game, whether that is through the air or on the ground. So I, I don't agree. I think Tony Pollard will see the ball way more than Devonte Smith will. Um, of course there is that injury concern. That's the only reason why I would be concerned and maybe flip it. But I think if he is fully healthy, I would definitely try to find out as much as possible leading up to that game. If he's on a snap count, then I would probably switch. Um, But if I think the Cowboys need to continue to win as well. So I would definitely keep Tony Pollard in that spot. 
Okay, we agree to disagree on that one. There's not much I guess we can really say. I mean, for me, on Phillips's flex spot, he's kind of dealt the bad hand. He's got Derrick Henry uh, doubtful. He's upgrading Zonovan Knight. Zonovan Knight, uh, two weeks ago, I was very down on Zonovan Knight uh, in a matchup that he had. He's pretty much matchup dependent. I don't want to touch anything that uh, Zach Wilson's in that offense, but we do have an upgrade at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate, I hate saying it. Mike White. There you I go. It right? Got it right. Okay. First time. Uh, Mike party. White's back. Mike White is back in that offense. That offense will be able to throw it through the air. They're not going to be able to stack the box like they did with Zach Wilson. Just feed off his poor quarterback play. So Sonovan Knight definitely is upgraded in this position. Going up against Seattle. Seattle uh, still has a chance, I believe, fighting for a playoff spot. Yep, they're fighting a tough for a wild game. card. Uh, I don't know where the Jets are. I bet Jets are set. They're seven and seven. So Jets they're probably on the back follow, end. Too. They're following. They're sorry, fighting for that uh, seventh seed. So both games game means a lot to both teams. Um, I it's it's the best the best of the options that he has. I I mean I poked fun a little bit at Deontay Foreman as an option. Tampa Bay. I feel like that's gonna be a slog of the game. Tampa Bay has been a bad team, and but still it's still a team that trouble running against. I worry about Deontay Foreman. Uh, I worry about Deontay Foreman because obviously you look at what he had last week and just went Hulkamania with like 160 yards and like a couple touchdowns. And you yeah, just, but that, De- that's Don, that's Deontay Foreman. That, I know that is but him, I, but there's, you know, who also is Devontae Foreman. It's these absolute duds of week of 10 carries, 10 carries against Pittsburgh. He had nine yards, 0.9. He had 21 carries against Seattle uh 74 yards that's that's a defense that uh has allowed teams to run 21 carries three and a half yards eight points 11 carries against baltimore 24 yards i want you to go to keep on going go up to week seven i i see week seven yeah Uh, 15 15 carries 118 yards now i will say they play they play tampa they play tampa that was the first game the first game in which uh they carolina had chris mccaffrey shipped off Mm -hmm. that was I don't know. I go back in the time machine, Jake. That was the stupidest NFL game I've ever seen in my entire life. And that's including. <laughs> but that's the that's NFC in- South. That is literally the epitome of the NFC South. The stupidest division I've ever watched in any sort of sport ever. They don't even have anyone that's 500. And whoever wins the division is going to be 500 or less. So, yeah, I. I there I, I find it very hard, especially in division. Unless it's like a absolute wide gulf in t- in terms of teams, like one team is supremely better than the other, I um I don't see I don't see him repeating anything close to, to what he what he did against Tampa. And yeah, you can point out you can point out right there. Yeah, fifteen carries, hundred eighteen yards, no touchdowns though. Like it. Yeah, but I don't, I, do you I don't think Zonovan Knight is going to get in the end zone? No, what, but what? he's a. I I don't know. I don't. I don't. I just don't. <laughs> I don't know. I, I see him more likely getting in the end zone. Yes, I will say that. The guy that has one on touchdown that. this entire season and the f- five yeah. games that he's ran. But in the in the last two games, he's had a hor- the offense has been horrible. Like I agree. With- I agree. They move the ball way better with Mike White, and I, I completely understand that. But is is the backfield injured in New, uh, in New York, or is it just Zonovan? It's just Zonovan. So Michael Carter is out. Michael Carter, I don't know. I don't know what his status is, but they have been phasing him out. Like it feels like they've the been facing why, Zonovan Knight out. He only had six carries last week, and he only had thirteen carries the week before. In both of those games, though, I don't mm, the Jets game against Jacksonville. 
regardless in those games against Buffalo, Minnesota, and Chicago, like they, they were in the game. Like they were moving the ball. They were keeping up with Buffalo. They were keeping up with Minnesota. It was just a goal line at the end. Mm-hmm. Those are the, the, I don't see them. I don't see them being world beaters and uh, like putting up 35 points in this matchup. It's a better matchup than I think what Buffalo was in week 14. I know Buffalo has been sliding, but still I think Buffalo is still a better team than Seattle in terms of defense. Uh, even though those corners are in Seattle are pretty nasty, but I still think they'll be able to run the ball. I think they'll be more efficient in offense. And I'm, I'm solely basing. I'm not even looking at the last two weeks or Zonovan night. I don't even care. I'm looking at the three week Chicago, Minnesota, Buffalo, and how, how efficient he was on the ground and how efficient he was through the air, because that's the only critique you can get me on, on Zonovan night is that, well, Michael Carter is there. Michael Carter is going to take the air work. Well, Michael Carter was there. I'm pretty sure week 13, I'm pretty sure he was there week 14. Yeah. And I know two catches isn't much, but give me five and three healthy on a, on an offense that obviously this offense feels more comfortable with Mike white than they did Zach Wilson. They don't even know what the hell they're doing. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm going to take, I'm going to take what's more consistent, which is, which is on a night in this, which is absurd because I actually think Deonta is more consistent. I think Donovan Knight does have the biggest boom play. Uh, see that's weird see i I feel like it's the opposite because i think devonta foreman gets 20 carries a game no matter what so that to me is like consistency um three out of his last four he's had over 20 carries um he gets the ball a lot i know chuba hubbard has been very good as well in the backfield um and the offense for them has been kind of stagnant at times but it does move the ball every once in a while and inside the five you know Deontay yeah. Foreman's getting that ball. So I just, I, in my thought in this game, if I'm looking at the game or looking at the matchup, I don't, I see Tampa winning this game. And I, if I see Tampa winning this game, I don't, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen anything for me to believe that Tampa wins this game by a couple of scores and it just halts Carolina's offense and it takes Deontay Foreman off the field. Mm-hmm. But I just, I don't, I don't view them as this team that's going to, it's like if they were playing, if Carolina's playing Atlanta, sure. Give me, give me uh Carolina. They're going to either, barely win the game or they're going to keep it competitive. They're going to use the run game. So forth. I think I just, I feel Tampa's going to win this game. They're going to win it by like a touchdown and a field goal, like 10 points. They're going to have a lead. I feel like Carolina is going to be throwing the ball. I was see, I, I understand. I understand what Tom Brady does to people. Okay. I, know. I get it. I'm, I Tampa Bay has I'm not beaten the team, but after week two by more than like three points. So or maybe more like four or five points. They've been very, yep. very, very tight games, and they've always been from behind. Um, yeah. They have come back from behind. And so, yeah, I think this is a toss-up. I do think this is going to be a major – this is a very tough decision because, to me, I think that Zonovan Knight could get 15 points, and I think he can get in the end zone. But I really do think Deonta Foreman – and I will say this. I was wrong on James Conner last week against Tampa Bay – only because mm-hmm. you can tell like physical runners Tampa Bay has a hard time with yeah. like trying to tackle guys is not like for me, Joe Mixon got stuffed, but Joe Mixon's not like put my head finesse. down and yeah, yeah, he is a finesse guy and Tampa Bay has an easier time tackling them. James yeah. Connor multiple times was tackled in the backfield, broke out of tackles because he's a physical runner and he gained 10, 15. And then that touchdown was a 22 yard touchdown. So I don't know. I, I think this is a very, very, very tough, dif- uh, difficult choice. I don't see a difference much. I mean, as you can tell, the projections are very close. Um, 
So I don't know. Uh, Deontay Foreman plays at 10 and Zonovan plays at one o'clock. So mm-hmm. it's not one of those to where um, they don't play at the same time, perhaps at one o'clock. And then, you know, if you need a boom play, maybe you play Zonovan night. But if you need consistency, yeah. at least in my opinion, then you take Deontay Foreman. But I think this is going to be a very interesting choice. But I think he is picking Zonovan Knight solely based off of Seattle having the 31st ranked rush defense. I, and, and he may not, or he may be so. I I think the change of quarterback is going to be huge. And I think mm-hmm. that's 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 where if I was in a situation and I'm, I'm making the choice for Zonovan Knight, yeah, I see the matchup, which I see green. I play it, especially right now if I'm losing Derrick Henry. But I'm also, I'm very high on the Jets offense with Mike White. So. Um, with all of that, imagine like red in the face, me defending Zonovan Knight out of all of this. Um, we're still taking Tony Pollard in this little head to head matchup, right? I mean, it's all this is all kind of up in the air right now because of injuries and whatnot. Um, I'll take Tony Pollard and Devontae Smith over whoever he plays at Flex. So I'm taking Trace team. I will, yeah, I'll agree with you on that. I will also take Trey for the flex. All right. Uh, defense, do you want to touch on that real quick? Yeah, I feel like I, I'd speak ad nauseum about how important defenses and kickers are because um, I do think that they make a huge difference. Any points that you can get makes a huge difference. Um, I do not like the Bills this week at, on the road against a very good Cincinnati Bengals um, team. I feel like the Bengals are going to show up and try to prove something in this game. And I think Joe Burrow is going to be able to throw on the bills. So I would, I would get out of starting the bills. Um, and Trey does have the bucks and they are playing the Carolina Panthers. So perhaps I start the Panthers. There are some good uh, defenses on the waiver wire as well. And those defenses, um, the giants against the Colts. Um, and that is in New York. And I do feel like with Nick Foles or Sam Ellinger, whoever, no, um, what's it called? Uh, Jonathan Taylor. The Giants yeah. right now are projected eight points. I think this That's is a, a great lot. streaming. You play the Giants. The Chargers just dropped 20 points in fantasy against the Colts on at home for the Colts in Indianapolis. Colts have to go to New York. The Colts are a dumpster fire right now. So I would I would stream the Giants and I would play the Giants here. Okay. Over over the Chiefs you're saying in this matchup? Or um, the, the over Bills? over the Bills and the okay. Bucks both. And I know that they have very good defenses. Bills are number five and the Bucks are thirteen. They're yeah. not great. But um I would stream, I'd pick up the Giants and I'd play them. Um Yeah, I would feast like you said, feast on bad matchups, feast on yep. feast on, on bad terrible teams at this quarterbacks. Point. Terrible quarterbacks and, and no offensive weapons whatsoever. And and Giants, I, if there's anything that I can say, and I feel like I'll, I feel like I have this like opinion cornered when I try to fake my way through talking about team defenses, but Giants decent pass rush. Give me that against yeah, a skittish have, quarterback. Yep. Yeah, go ahead. Kayvon Thibodeau, the uh, yep. top pick, uh, he had a strip sack fumble touchdown against the Redskins, who have like a, a a good offense, nothing crazy, but a decent one. But I can see him. Just I can see that whole defensive front wrecking that Colts. The Chargers have literally Khalil Mack and then a bunch of bums rushing off the edge. They ended up with like seven sacks Monday night. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I would for sure uh, pick up the New York Giants. Okay, but we're 
And then Chiefs against Denver, you take that. I yeah, mean, I would take that, and I wouldn't play. Well, actually, I probably would rather have the Giants over the Chiefs. Um, okay. I think I watched Russell Wilson have his best year, and I'm not going to say he's going to duplicate that. The best game of the year against the Chiefs a couple weeks ago, and I will say that I think you started him that game. Um, they did have a uh, a touchdown, and Russ like yeah. threw the ball into Frank Clark's hands, and he just ran it right in. But they gave sweet. up 28 points, and they do yeah. give up points. Uh, besides last week, which I said that was f- uh, solely because of the weather, they gave up 10 to Seattle. But before that, they gave up 24 to Houston, 28 to Denver, and 27 to Cincy. So I would maybe look somewhere else. I know Phillips picked them up, but I personally, like I said, the Giants are my play this week when it comes to a defense. Okay, we'll see if any of these those owners listen. But base it off face value, what do we got? From what I have right now, I will take uh, Phillips and the Chiefs. I think I think they can put up six to seven points, um, but I'm not banking on a, a pick six. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking Phillips as well. Um, oh, Trey already I put don't. the Buccaneers in there. Look at that. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if any picks of the Giants because I, I still think the Giants are the play over any of the defenses that any of these two teams have. Matt K is Matt Gay hitting 18 points again and ruining my season and <laughs> um, my hopes and goals. Chargers defense has been playing way better as of late. Um, they are not really, they're allowing a lot of, uh, not a lot of yards. So perhaps you'll be, you know, lining up for 40, 50 yard. Um, yeah. And I will say the Rams offense has looked better. Um, especially Baker Mayfield has looked decent to pretty Cam good. Akers has been running Cam Akers running has been doing good. really good. So yeah, I think Matt Gay is a good uh play for a kicker. And then Graham Gano, um, I will say it's at home, which is outside. And Blake knows all about Graham Gano in New York. Oh uh, no, Graham Gano. Yep. I gotta throw that one in there one more time. Um yeah. shout out, what was it negative three? Um negative three. So I'm not sure what that weather looks like, um, but I'm not, and I'm not going to really dive yes. into all I will LA. say. All I will say is that if there is a kicker indoors and he hits bombs, I would rather have them over someone in bad weather. Yeah. Give me uh give me Matt Gay and what, what is the most rarest of occasions? Uh, Rams chargers, both away teams in this matchup because neither of them have fans and they're all no, that's not showing true. up to the game. Bolt Nation has um has arrived and we are here and we are going to Are you taking to, Matt Gay here? I don't want to hear oh, this. Yeah, are you taking yeah, Matt Gay? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so we have everything. So kickers we'll throw it to Trey. Okay, so re- quick recap and then we'll just go final predictions here. We both took Fields, we both took Notorious's running backs. You took Walker's uh wide receivers. I took Notorious's wide receivers. Double double on Waller. We both took Trey's flex. We both took Phillips' uh, defense, and we yes. took Trey's kick. Pretty even. It's pretty crazy. Pretty yeah. even after all that. And projections for this matchup. Uh, it's a six point spread. They're all fake. One twelve, one hundred five uh, for the championship, Jake. And I have to go last because we all know with my curse and what that means, and me picking oh, teams, true. what that means for the owners. I will be the final mic drop in this situation, but your gut is telling you what in this matchup and who will be the champion of the North side league 2022 season. My final prediction for this league. And it is solely made within the last half an hour. This person has been listening to us on Twitch 
and has picked up a couple players and swapped he's a couple listed. players. And he's, he's listed. He's listed. So my pick for that reason solely is Phillips. <laughs> because I'm starting to get the feeling that Trey's a little nervous on some of his plays by picking up tight ends, switching out defenses. He, and wait, Trey, update, this entire wait. season... Has Giants just, are now on Trey's team. The Giants are now on Trey's team. See, so I mean, I will say it's always nice. It's flattering that someone is listening to us and listening to my uh, expertise, <sighs> as one can say. But Andrew I am Juan starting Johnson. to get a little nervous that this person is kind of teetering back and forth on what he's doing. Like I was about to say, he has this entire year had had has had uh two bench spots open has just played his guys has talked trash he called it over when matt gay uh even before the rams game he called it over and it was it was still projected he was only supposed to win by six i'm gonna take phillips derrick henry though is a huge 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 loss but give me justin fields who's gonna drop 35 points on sunday and um, I think it's going to be it's going to come down to the last quarter in this Bengals Buffalo Bills game. It's so crazy. It's just. I mean, we both we both took fields, but just taking it off face value on both these teams. Give me the running backs for Trey. Give me the wide receivers. Just it's so tight. It's going to be so close. And. I see my boy Juwan Johnson. I see him there and 6.6 is criminal. Absolutely criminal that they're, I don't know what, in what world he would have 6.6 points when he's cashing in on two touchdowns. I don't know how many fumbles could possibly happen for him to get to that. I am taking, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Trey. I'm taking trigger Trey here back to back Jack champion. And I um I've seen it. We we went over Phillips schedule throughout the year. I've I've seen his team fall flat on its face. And of course I've seen it from Trey's team too, but I I think he has the perfect amount of the perfect amount of health right now. Um the the biggest weakness on his team all year has been the wide receivers, and these are the most consistent they've they've ever been on top of Austin Eckler and Josh Jacobs and, and just Jawan Johnson. And I, 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 you, you see is a weakness that he is, he's, he's listening to us. He's making these moves. I see it as a strength. I see him, um, taking in new information. Um, finally someone listening to us and I think it's going to pay off. I think he's going to win. I don't even know where the WWE belt is. I don't even know who has it. I think Phillips actually still has it from his. He probably his still win. has it. Yeah. Back in 2018. Um, I think Trey can put back on the imaginary belt one more time and he can roll. I think he roll. I don't think he rolls. I think, I, I think he wins. I think he wins by wins by like 10 points. It's so close. give me a final, final uh, score prediction. Uh, 112. 112, 103, 102, scratching barely 100. I will give Phillips the victory at 129 and Trey at 116. There we have it.
there we have it. So that is it. Um, Jake, we're, we're about two hours in. So normally at this point of the show, we do our Baki's bets. Um, do you have them on you right now? Do you want to, do you want to throw do. them out real quick? I do. Um, do you have the soundboard? Want, Are we going to have sound? I have or? the soundboard. Oh, then let's, yeah, put, I can give you the sound. Hit that shit. All right. Let's get it going here. Oh no, that's piano music. We'll save that for next week when we, uh, there it is. All right. So last week, Baki's bets went three and one. Um, I will probably have to go back and listen to every single podcast that we've done Baki's bets. Cause I do feel like I've had a pretty damn good year. Uh, I feel like I've maybe besides two or three weeks, I've either uh, been one and two or oh and three, but I feel like I know I had one three and oh, and I feel like a lot of weeks are two and one. And with my three and one performance last week, um, I gave out the, uh, I'm trying to think of like, what the hell I gave out. I don't remember, but I, w- I remember I being three and one, the chiefs. I think I gave yeah. out minus 10. They were 24 to 10 winners bills and bears. I gave up the over, uh, that hit, uh, at 48 points. I think the over under was at 42. Uh, the one loss that I had my stinky game of the week, I was right. The Detroit lions got blown out by the Panthers. Um, <laughs> yep. and then the fourth game which was an absolute dud and thank goodness um, it wasn't highest scoring and it didn't go to overtime. The Buccaneers Cardinals. I liked the under in that game and that game was so bad, but um, they didn't really score till the fourth quarter, but the end of that game was 19 to 16. The over under was at 41 and a half. And so that one hit. So three and one on Bucky's bets week 17. We have two weeks left. Um, I'm going to start out on Thursday night and this line is so high. And I, like I said, last week, I don't like taking high lines, but like I said in the pod, I don't get how the Titans score. And I think Dallas, um, I know it was a very emotional game last week coming back, but they can score a lot of points and Tennessee just does not have much to play for. They're missing a bunch of guys in the defensive end too. If you look, um, your boy, uh, Gene Autry, I think is out. Um, the other guy, the Jeffrey Simmons is out, Bud Dupree yep. is out. Their corners are terrible. Derek Henry is out. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if even Traylon Burks sat because that guy only gets hurt. So Malik Willis playing the Cowboys, the Cowboys still needing to win. I think the Cowboys go into Tennessee. The fans can't be happy. It's going to be filled with Cowboys fans. Give me the Cowboys minus 12, uh, there against the Titans. My second game of the week um, is going to be, and this is going to be extremely high line, but there is a reason for that. Um, And I think that the bears and lions, that's going to be a score fest. Um, I think Uh both the bears and the lions are going to score a bunch of points, 52 so high, but I feel like this has a making of a, Lions 34, Bears like 27. What is that? 51? Mm. Oh, no. Uh, oh, it's 61. That's 61. We're good. 61. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be right around there. I think the Lions will score over 30 points and the Bears will score mid 20s um, and we will cash that over. So give me the Bears and the Lions. The third game that I have, and this one's kind of tough. Um, but I kind of talked about it earlier with the Giants defense, the Colts terrible. They are a terrible team and the Giants at home. I, for some reason, I just feel like six points. Isn't that much 
um, because I feel like the Giants are going to be able to score on the Colts here and there, but the Colts aren't going to be able to score a lot on the Giants on the road. So give me the Giants minus six. Um, I can see Saquon, Daniel Jones um, having enough points, and I think they win by a touchdown. So give me the Giants minus six. I'm tempted to do a fourth play here because I think that this game has the best chance of being um, the game of the week. Give it to me anyway. I'm going to take Joe Cool at home against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are one point favorites on the road. I haven't really been inspired by the Bills as of late. Now, they did blow out the Bears. But they barely beat a Dolphins team. They barely beat the Jets. And both the Patriots and the Lions played them tough, as well as the Browns. Now, they've won six in a row, but those games have been extremely tight. Um, The Bengals, on the other hand, have looked so good as of late. They had one bad half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but besides that, they have been rolling. And they did have a bad uh, end to the game against the Patriots where they let the Patriots get back in. Um, But besides that, they have been very good as of late. And I think, like I said earlier, this is going to be a show-me game by Joe Burrow. They're very good at home. They're 5-1. and So give me the Bengals um, at home. Just take a money line. Yeah, Even money, most likely. So my four picks are the Cowboys tomorrow night, minus 12. Uh, the Giants, minus six, Sunday morning. The uh, Bengals, Monday night, money line. And my last one, the Bears-Lions, uh, 10 a.m. Sunday, over 52. Stay on that Bears game for me. Uh, I lost a heartbreaker with my underdog pick of the week. Uh, I took the Eagles. I felt that even though it was a game where the Eagles kind of have that division locked up, they're still playing for something. Gardner Minshew is probably the... I, I think after last week, it kind of solidified my point. He's probably the best backup in the NFL well, right Jacoby. now. Close. Shout out Jacoby. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah, I, I, I do like Jacoby. But give me Gardner. Um, I like the Bears. Six-point underdogs. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game like you mentioned. This is going to be a game that's going to benefit uh, Justin Fields being in a dome. Uh, this seems like... I don't know. Something about something about the, uh, Chicago is they played inspired football throughout this whole year. They haven't mm-hmm. been winning. They're not there yet. Every game, it seems like they're competitive. They're playing. Uh, they're they always had their foot in the door. A lot of the times too at home, they kind of get uh, short in the stick in terms of like field conditions and such. But I'm not scared of this Lions team. Uh, they have been playing uh, better as late, but they lost last week. But Overall, I like Jalen Hurston's matchup. I like the running prowess. I think this is a game that they win. Six-point spread. I don't even... If anything, if the, if the Bears lose this game, it's going to be by a field goal. It's going to be tight. It's going to be close. Same analysis that I took on the Eagles game. Um, I, I think it's going to be a close game, and I'm going to think uh, that the Bears hit that last field goal. Plus six. That's pretty pretty good odds. I don't have uh, live odds up here. I would imagine it's like plus it's 190. One. Yeah, eight? probably 180. Uh, between 180 and 200, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think it's a it's a great it's a great pick. It's great value. Um, two teams kind of one team still has somewhat of a chance, some aspirations, um, kind of falling as late with the Lions. And I see a I see a Bears team that want to end this season on a right note, um, having Justin Fields and producing. Gabe Montgomery has been a very efficient runner. Uh, they obviously upgraded that offense midway through the year with Chase Claypool. 
this is an inspired team, even though the record doesn't say it. So I think it's gonna be a close game, and I'm gonna take that plus six. I uh, this is the first time I feel like in in Miller's uh, picks, underdog picks, that I actually yeah? somewhat agree with this. I wow. Think, this is what I will say though. I don't think the Bears are gonna win. I think it's going to be a very tight game, though. Yeah. Um, I feel like the Bears are always winning at some point throughout mm-hmm. the game. Like that Packers game. Or even last week against the Bills. It was like, I think at some point the Bills or the Bears had the ball going into the Bills territory, only down by three with like a quarter left to go. So yeah. I agree. I think the Bears are going to make this very close. I think that the Lions, I the only thing that is leaning me towards the Lions actually winning is the Lions have to win these games to make the playoffs. Yep. Um, and I think that there's a very good chance of them making the playoffs. And I personally, selfishly, kind of want to see them make the playoffs. I like seeing new blood in the playoffs. And I think watching a Dan Campbell-led Lions team uh, is going to be just great to watch on a on a Sunday morning um, in a couple of weeks. So. Selfishly, I don't want, and this is horrible because I back the betting community. I back you. I back anyone that uh, I don't know if that's wants true. to. Um, I don't. I don't want those Dan Campbell Coach of the Year slips to cash. That's no, the they're, not, they're not going to. It's it's the okay, Eagles good. coach, no matter what. Oh, he's a good looking guy. Uh, so I'm taking Bears plus six. Or I'm taking Bears money line. Bears I think it's a good line. pick. Um, let me just let me just do the outro here with this. Where's my cash register? This is when we normally end the podcast. And um, to the three viewers that are currently here, thank you for sticking with us. Yeah, at some it's point I un- saw seven. So we yeah, had seven. I saw nine at, I saw nine at one oh, point. There you go, so, nine. Uh, it's two hours. This is something that Jake and I love. We appreciate you sticking with it and and joining us on this and we'll probably have something else um to wrap up the season as a whole maybe give out some fun awards to some owners but yeah we'll do the dundies the dundies um but right now it's the fun part it's where we get to sit back see how these how these two teams duke it out and we see who comes out on top it's not jake and i so yep not in this league at least i made the championship in my other Uh, league so uh but shout out derrick henry because he was my saving grace yeah all right uh until next time